0: reading this morning, is Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. It can be found on page 1173 of the Church Bibles. Made alive in Christ. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live. he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved. Through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Last week, if you were here, uh, Ivan was preaching on uh, the theme of our identity being put in jeopardy by the fall. And uh, we were looking, of course, at uh, the story in Genesis of uh, Adam and Eve and uh, how they were deceived by the serpent. And uh, through that, uh, how our identity as creatures made in the image of God has been put in peril and uh, and and the devil still stalks, uh, waiting for any opportunity to rob us of our true identity in Christ. Uh, I don't know if you know, uh, you heard of it or are aware of it, but there's a, a, a phenomenon known as pseudocide, uh, when someone declares himself uh, legally dead in order to start again with a new identity. I don't know if you ever heard of that. It's called pseudocide. Well, that's it's actually a, a, a known phenomenon. Well, this week we're going to be thinking about the idea that our identity is found in Jesus Christ and that we are born with an identity, if you like. But what if you were to suffer from amnesia and to forget who you are from one moment to the next? There are uh, plenty of examples of amnesiacs, but uh, this one is pretty exceptional and there's a picture of this man I'm going to to describe and tell you about. His name is Clive Waring. And uh, here he is, he's an accomplished musician, and uh, he sang at Westminster Cathedral as a tenor lay clerk, or lay clerk, for many years. Uh, he's had a successful career as a chorus master, and he's worked at such places as, as Covent Garden and the, Lon- and the London Sinfonia. However, on March the 29th, 1985, Clive Waring, at the height of his career with BBC Radio 3, contracted a virus that normally causes cold sores. That's normally what happens. However, in his, uh, in his case, it attacked his brain. And since that point, in March of 1985, he's been unable to process new memories. And so he has, he has developed a case of, of total amnesia, it's a profound case of total amnesia as a result of that illness. And so every day he wakes up every few seconds, and he remembers very little of his life before 1985. Uh, he knows, for example, that he had children from an earlier marriage, but he can't remember their names. He's got uh, his, his second wife is is Deborah. Uh, his, he he loves his second wife. That's obvious. Um, and he married uh, her the year before his illness. His love for her is undiminished. Every time he wakes up, he greets her joyously. Um, believing he has not seen her for years, even though she may have just left the room to get a glass of water. And when he goes out uh, to uh, to dine with his wife, he can remember the name of the food, chicken for example, but he cannot link it with the taste, because he's forgotten the taste of it since the last time he ate it. Imagine having to live like that. One, from one moment to the next, you have little, if any, memory at all of who you are, of who the people around you are and what your purpose in life is. All you can do is piece together the clues around you to work out your identity. So why is this important for us to consider? Uh, next slide, Ian. Well, it's important because if we don't know who we are, then we won't know where we're going. If we don't know where we, who we are, we won't know where we're headed. And the point is, you see, our identity is linked to our destiny. Our identity is linked to our destiny. If we have no understanding of the fact that we are made in God's image, then we are far less likely to work out why we are here in the first place on this planet and what we're on this planet to do. But God, being God, has left clues all around us as to who we are and what we're on this planet to do. And a very good starting point, of course, is that Amazing reading from Ephesians chapter 2 that we've just heard read. And in verse 10, we hear this. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And that verse gives some big clues as to what we are here for, who we are, and what we are here to do. I want you to just break that and a, a think about what it says. Firstly, Paul says, "For we are God's handiwork," and the Greek word there for handiwork is the word "poiema." "Poiema," and literally that means fabric. God's, we are literally. It says, "We are God's fabric." Now, if you probably got to know me now enough to know that I'm I'm no good with fabric. I cannot do sewing tapestry, anything like that. I can, I can admire anyone who's any good at that. I, I, I can't do it, full stop. And, uh, I, you know, I can't do handicraft at all. But the word poema means that God has made us as one of his masterpieces. You know, da, da Vinci's uh, masterpiece in the Sistine Chapel in the Vatican, you know, amazing painting on the roof, on the ceiling there. Uh, we're a work of art made by God, each and every one of us. He has crafted you just right because he loves us that much. He spent time on you because he loves you. You are his work of art. And that insight should inform our identity. We belong to God because God has fashioned us. He's made us just the way he wanted to. He didn't make you like anybody else. I've got the advantage, and Dave, David and I have got the advantage of seeing you. Every single one of you is different, Unique. God has made us just the way he wanted to. You are God's handiwork. So keep that in mind as we move on to the next part of the verse. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus. God has made us just the way he wants to and he has made us in Christ. He has made us to be in Christ. And that little in Christ phrase is a very, very New Testament phrase. Uh, It's used 91 times in the New Testaments, in Christ. We're told that we are to be found in Christ, that our identity, if you like, is hidden in Christ. Not only that, but Paul says we are new creations in Christ. In 2 Corinthians, Paul says, If anyone is in Christ, a new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. And the, the liberating thing about that is is that if we are uh, made in Christ, then we have no grounds for boasting there, it's all god's doing it's, not, not a, it's, it's god's doing it 's not ours we didn 't do it, which is what Paul is saying over and over again in this passage in ephesians two it is by god 's doing it is all by god 's grace. It's by his choosing that we are saved. It's, it's by his choosing that we are recreated in Christ Jesus. And that informs our identity. Because when we are found in Christ, then we begin to work out what we are in Christ to do. We're not just, we're not just saved for the sake of it. We are saved for a reason, for a purpose. We have been recreated in Christ for a purpose, which is exactly what Paul is going on to say. For For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he has prepared in advance for us to do. Next slide. Personality and purpose are inextricably linked. Who you are And what you are made to do is at the heart of being found in Christ. And this verse in Ephesians 2 is declaring that God is immensely interested in you finding out who you are and what you are destined for. And that, you see, is, is of course why the powers of darkness are very, very concerned that you do the opposite, that you don't find out who you are in Christ and therefore you don't find out what your destiny in Christ is. And then going back to the Genesis story in the Garden of Eden, that's what the serpent was doing. He was trying to convince them that they didn't need to find out who they are. Because Satan, you see, he knows that if you find out that your identity is in Christ, then you can find out what your God-purposed identity is, and then you will be able to exercise your God-given authority. And that is a very powerful combination. It's a more powerful combination than any other on earth. And Paul says it, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he has prepared in advance for us to do. So how do we find that out? What are the clues that God has given us to our purpose and our identity and our destiny? As Debbie says to me, well, it's all very well saying it, but how do you do it? What do you do in practice day by day? Let me give you four clues to help you. Next slide. There we go. Firstly, read the word. It sounds simple, but it's at the heart of finding out who you are in Jesus Christ. Because the God of the Bible has made it astoundingly clear who we are when it comes to Christ and when we put our trust in him. All the other world faiths make it more difficult, make it very difficult to find out about God and make it very difficult to uh, to know who God is because their philosophies are based on human effort. All other world faced, all other world philosophies are based on the premise that if you do this, if you do that, if you do it well enough, and if you do it enough times, then you may may begin to know who God is, possibly. But in Christianity, the way of Christ... It's based on grace. And put very simply, it means that God has done it all for us. God made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our sins, Paul says in verse 5. And so in a sense, you see, God has put it on a plate for us. And he's told us who he is in the Bible, in black and white. And what does the Bible tell us about who we are in Christ? Well, here's a few examples. Genesis 1, we're made in God's image. Jeremiah 29, we have a hope and a future. Psalm 139, we are unique and no one else in the universe is like you and like me. Deuteronomy 32, we are the apple of God's eye. John 3:16, you are loved so much that the Son of God died for you. And so on and so on. Read the words. Secondly, it's about discovering who you are. You remember uh, in Hamlet, there's a very famous line, and Hamlet says, to be or not to be, that is the question. And the Prince of Denmark, Hamlet, he's undergoing what you might call an identity crisis. He, he, he's trying to work out who he is before he should shuffle off this mortal coil. Well, part of the answer to discovering who you are in Christ lies in discovering your true vocation. And the truth is, each and every person has a Calling. God wants them to live out. Wants you, wants me to live out that calling, that vocation, that whatever it is that gives you satisfaction in doing whatever it is that you do and doing and doing that well. So it's discovering what your calling is. That's the second point. Third clue is do an internal audit. What are you good at? What do you really like doing? And, and, and think about, what are your gifts, what are your skills, what are your talents? One author put it like this. Trust yourself as one entrusted by God with everything you need to live life to the full. Despite our physical cracks, intellectual limitations, emotional impairments, and spiritual fissures, we are providentially equipped to fulfill the unique purpose of our existence. Did you get that? You're providentially uh, providentially equipped to fulfill the unique purpose of your existence. You've got what it takes. You have. God has given you and me all we need to live out our life to the full and for his eternal purposes. And so that really relieves us of the worry of of, of comparing ourselves with other people. And, you know, the consumer trap that, that many, many... People are in a con- a comparing, contrasting, saying, well, you know, they're like that, so I should be like that. Or, you know, if I'm going to be happy, I've got to be like them. You know, the media is pumping that out all the time and it's false and it needs to be treated with contempt. But the glorious and liberating truth is, is that God has made you to be you. And you have all you need to be the person that God has made you to be. The gifts that God has given you are unique to you and he wants you to use them. Fourthly and lastly, realize that our lives belong to him, not to us. Yes, God loves us. We are uniquely made with talents and gifts that he wants us to discover and to use. But ultimately we need to realize that our lives are in the palm of his hand. Whoever we are, whatever he has made us to do, we are intended for him. And Paul, the, the man who wrote this, while well, there's some debate, there is debate about whether he wrote Ephesians, but let's say for the sake of argument he did, Paul knew that. Because remember, as Saul, he was out to get Christians. He had perse- persecuted with all his might believers in Christ. He was at the head of those who was trying to squash the church, trying to kill off Christianity in its early days. But then he met Jesus a devout Jew who was confronted by Christ on the road to Damascus and he met Jesus in person and his life was turned around forever. And through that dramatic conversion experience, he realized that that the life he had been given, the life he was living was to be lived for God and God alone. Final slide here. And my friends, I want you to, to take this verse to heart. Because the truth of this verse will set us free, will set you and me free. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he has prepared in advance for us to do. Brothers and sisters, we are made. You are made by God to live out the destiny he has made for you. So seek that destiny with all your heart and all your mind, and all your will. And Satan will be quivering in his boots. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for this verse. Thank you for this, uh, this reading, this, this book of Ephesians. It is so wonderful, so full of truth that we are your handiwork, that you have made us in Christ Jesus, that you have created us to do the wonderful things that in advance for us to do for you and for your kingdom. Lord, help us each and every day to be reminded, to remind ourselves of our destiny, of our authority in Christ Jesus. Lord, help us to know that we are loved by you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.